You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door-to-door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning, affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. try and make it sound worse than what it really is what am i saying it's it's always as bad as it really is but let's think about this i went ahead and went on twitter the other day go ahead and follow me there at hey remso h-e-y-r-e-m-s-o and i i put out a tweet basically saying listen if you've wanted to get into investing whether it's in stocks whether it's in crypto 
whether you've wanted to get any exposure to the market and you've always been so afraid because you think it's going to topple, you don't know what you're doing, it's overcomplicated, you, you, don't, you lack significant finances, um, this, this was the day to do it. With the S&P 500 dropping like 21 points, it was, the, I think they said it was the worst single day since the last time things were this bad in 1990. That's saying something right there. And, um, you know, I don't know why it is with, with some people, the folks that tend to talk about how much they know about the economy and everything else. I've noticed something about a lot of those people on Twitter, especially the ones that fight me. They're all poor. And I have learned one valuable lesson over the years. Uh, don't take financial advice from poor people. That, that sounds mean, but it's, it's really true. Um, I, I've told my story a time or two. I made a good amount of cash in 2020 when the, the markets crashed, when everyone was saying that this will be the crash to end all crashes. This will be the most bottom of the market. We'll never recover. And uh, we did. We had a historic gain. But the repercussions of 2020, when you look at what the stimulus did, when you look at what inflation did, when you look at what closing down the greatest economy in the world does, we're now beginning to feel that pain. $5 gas, 8% inflation. Um, you know, our, our GDP is not looking great, if you think GDP is a good measure of the economy, which I don't. Um, all, all the things that tell you that we're going into a recession are here. Yet, I'm... I'm still kind of calm. Guess what I'm doing? Well, I'm doing what I always did. I'm dollar cost averaging into the market because the market always comes back. And for the people that are like, no, this is it. No, don't you see? This is the dollar collapse. We, we've talked about this for 200 plus episodes. If you're betting against the dollar, if you're betting against not the United States government, take the government out of it. If you're betting against the American entrepreneur, American industry, then... I mean, at that point, why do anything? You're basically looking for a societal collapse. You're looking for the world to end. Um, not, nothing matters. So why even go to work? Why is it you stop at investing? You, you, don't, you don't stop paying your bills. I mean, not many of you are going living in bunkers. You, you, you self-proclaim geniuses from your, from your keyboards in a house that, you know, the, the bank owns. You just happen to park your shit there. Go, go into your boss who hates you collecting one source of income. Who, who are any of you to really tell, tell me how this is working? Because you're, you're almost always wrong. The market recovers. People saying this about Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin's dead. The Bitcoin era is over. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because if you think it is, then you fundamentally don't understand Bitcoin. I'm telling you right now, within the next five years, we'll see 100,000 Bitcoin. I'm telling you that right now. As it is a, around $23,000, you know what I did when I saw my portfolio drop? I said, Ooh, Bitcoin's on sale. I said the same thing. Oh, you know, I want a little bit of realty income? Bam. I want a little bit of a spy ETF? Bam. Oh, how about, uh, how about some BlackRock? Yeah, I'd like some BlackRock because BlackRock's buying everything. Might as well buy a little bit into BlackRock and get, get a nice dividend here and there. Buy a little more BTI, buy a little more. SPHD. I mean, I, I took out cash for a situation like this and I was like, you know what? Now's the time to buy because that's what the rich people are doing. 
you know, a moment ago I said, don't listen to poor people. How about you watch what the rich are doing? They're doubling down on what they want to buy. They're buying back a lot of their own stocks. A lot of them are, are intentionally saying, oh, you know, the, the recession is here, stuff like that, because they want you to panic sell so that they can buy back equity in their own company. They're, they're still buying real estate. They're still buying crypto. They're still buying gold and silver. I was talking to a friend of mine who's worth eight figures, and uh, I was looking at getting into farmland, you know, bu- buying buying into farmland. And he informed me of something that I was not aware of. Do you know that the United States is eminent domaining farmland? And then what they're doing is they're stripping the farmland of the fertile topsoil and they're sending it to China to pay down our debt. So you, you give a farmer 25 grand and you say for three months we're going to own your land and then we'll give it back to you. So then by the time the farmer gets his land back, you've destroyed $300,000 worth of property. And it will take decades for that soil to ever get to where it was previously. The government doesn't want you to talk about that. And he was telling me, you know, that the media doesn't want to talk to you about that because if they showed you how desperate the United States government is right now, then that would really, really indicate how bad things are. But no, Biden says greatest economy ever, best job numbers, best everything. The, the man's not there. He's not cognizant. It's, it's like watching elder abuse. He's just, it's a weekend at Bernie situation. What are the rich doing during the situation? You know, we've heard about the Great Reset for several years now. And, uh, you know, all the, all the Alex Jones stuff, you know, that we used to laugh at. Not all of it's true, but a good chunk of it has actually turned out to become a thing. Remember the lockdowns? Remember the vaccine mandates? Remember the vaccine passports? Remember them shutting down businesses and gyms and hair salons? Remember when they decided who was and who was not essential? Remember when Cuomo went ahead and killed all those old people, but he went ahead and got kicked out because he he fondled somebody? Remember all that? Remember when they when they allowed riots to happen all around your city? All around the country? I did something that, you know, may, maybe Chris, may, maybe, uh, you know, Chris Spangle, network director, might not be too happy about this, but I, I wanted to go ahead and actually see what is going on on InfoWars. I haven't uh, read InfoWars in quite a bit, out of sight, out of mind, mostly. It seems that the, you know, crazy uncle Alex Jones is still doing his thing, still going on the air, still talking about stuff. So I actually wanted to challenge myself. I'm like, I want to find an article, and I want to fact check everything that is there. Now, for those of you that don't know, a few years back, Alex Jones went ahead and launched a spinoff site called News Wars, which was supposed to go ahead and basically be the media watchdog that the media fears. Think of it as MRC, but spicy. So I went ahead and pulled this article. It's from June 4th. I'll go ahead and provide a link to it in the show notes. The top 10 creepiest and most dystopian things pushed by the World Economic Forum. I'm going to read this article verbatim for you. Because a lot of you are thinking, oh, I would never, ever, 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 ever listen to what Alex Jones and his uh, cabal would say. 
But I want you to just lean back and listen objectively and then go and read this article and look at the sources and the links and everything that I also went through. And at the end of this, ask yourself whether you are willing to admit that this stuff is true. Because if he was right about one thing, it seems, especially in the era of, oh, CNN Plus has millions of potential subscribers. Maybe he's on to something and the people that are supposed to be the arbiters of truth aren't telling you the truth. For long-time listeners of this show, you certainly know that to be the case. But sometimes we need to admit, even the people that we might not always be quite 100% sure of, are right every once in a while. This was written by an anonymous reporter on there. Take that as you will. When one talks about the global elite, one usually refers to a small group of wealthy and powerful individuals who operate beyond national borders. Through various organizations, these non-elected individuals gather gather in semi-secrecy to decide policies they want to see applied on a global level. The, The World Economic Forum, the WEF, is smack dab in the middle of it all. Indeed, Through its annual Davos meetings, the WEF attempts to legitimize and normalize its influence on the world's democratic nations by having a panel of world leaders attending and speaking at the event. A simple look at this list of attendees reveals the organization's incredible reach and influence. The biggest names in media, politics, business, science, technology, and finance are represented at the WEF. I'm not going to go through the names, but you might recognize some of the companies. BlackRock, Inc., Bain & Company, Nike, uh, uh, Nomura Securities International, Dell Technologies, The Economist, Prometheus Fuels, The Western Union Company, Iron Mountain Information Management, LLC, McDermott International, Kune Logistics University, uh, Ginkgo Bioworks, Dow Jones & Company, and a few more folks that uh, make up just a list of a lot of vested interest, a lot of money, a lot of influence there in our infrastructure. They're everywhere. We can't avoid these people. Uh, Continuing, according to mass media, Davos meetings gather people to discuss issues such as inequality, climate change, and international cooperation. The simplistic description appears to be custom-made to cause the average citizen to yawn in boredom, but topics at the WEF go much further than inequality. Throughout the years, people at the WEF have said some highly disturbing things. None of them have garnered proper media attention. In fact, when one pieces together the topics championed by the WEF, an overarching theme emerges. The total control of humanity using media, science, and technology while reshaping democracies in the form of a global government. If it sounds like a far-fetched conspiracy theory, keep reading. Here are the 10 most dystopian things that are being pushed by the WEF right now. This list is sorted in no particular order, because they're all equally crazy. 10. Penetrating Governments The least one can say is that Klaus Schwab, the founder and head of the WEF, is not a fan of democracy. In fact, he perceives it as an obstacle to a fully globalized world. In 2010, the WEF report titled Global Redesign, Schwab postulates that a globalized world is best managed by a self-selected coalition of multinational corporations, governments, including the UN system, and select civil society organizations, CSOs. 
This is the exact opposite of democracy. He argued that the governments uh, of the world are no longer the overwhelmingly dominant actors on the world stage, and that the time has come for a new stakeholder paradigm in international governance. For this reason, the Transnational Institute described the WEF as a silent global coup d'etat to capture governments. To capture governance. In 2017, at Harvard's John F. Kennedy School of Business, Schwab blatantly admitted that um, that is continually dismissed as a conspiracy theory by mass media. The WEF is penetrating governments around the world. Schwab said, I have to say, when I mention now names like Miss Angela Merkel and even Vladimir Putin and so on, they have all been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. But what we are very proud of now is a young generation, like Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, the president of Argentina, and so on. We penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday, I was at a reception for the Prime Minister uh, of Canada, Justin Trudeau, and I know that ha- and I know that half his cabinet, or even more than half his cabinet, are actually young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. It's true in Argentina, and it's true in France with the president, a young global leader. In this outstanding talk, Schwab blatantly stated that Angela Merkel of Germany, Vladimir Putin of Russia, Justin Trudeau of Canada, and Emmanuel Macron of France were groomed by the WEF. He even adds that at least a half of Canada's cabinet consists of representatives sold to the WEF's agenda. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is the absolute truth, confirmed by the head of the WEF himself. Nine, and I got to pause right here. This is what shocked the living shit out of me. In uh, number nine, controlling minds using sound waves. Please bear with me. Uh, In 2018, one of the topics discussed, one of the topics of discussion at the WEF was mind control using sound waves. And he links to a full article about it in the article. Uh, I did not alter this title for sensationalism. Those are exactly the words used by the WEF. And he actually provides a screenshot of the actual article published on the WEF's official website. It was uh, eventually deleted for obscure reasons, but is still viewable in web archives. And the title published on the WEF is Mind Control Using Sound Waves. We ask scientists how it works. In this article, the technology is touted as a possible treatment for Parkinson's and Alzheimer's disease. However, the article also states that it can cure you, it can get you addicted, and it can kill you. It can also be used to completely control a person's mind remotely. The article states, I can see the day coming where a scientist will be able to control what a person sees in their mind's eye by sending the right waves to the right place in their brain. My guess is the most objections will be similar to those we hear today about subliminal messages and advertisements, only much more vehement. This technology is not without its risk risks of misuse. It could be a revolutionary healthcare technology for the sick, or a perfect controlling tool with which the ruthless control the weak. This time, though, the world, uh, the control would be literal. The conclusion of the article. Nobody can stop scientists from developing this technology. To prevent misuse, it should be regulated by organizations such as the WEF. That's convenient because some companies developing this technology are part of the WEF. Do you see what's going on here? Eight. And I almost feel like I have to apologize to my mother because 
she used to say this, and I used to say, Mom, that's crazy talk, and now, now I think I, I owe her an apology. Pills that contain microchips. Once again, the title sounds a little far-fetched, like, like, a far, like a far-fetched conspiracy theory cleverly worded for sensationalism. It is not. Here's a video from the WEF's 2018 meeting where Alberta Burla, where Al, Albert Berla, try saying that five times, Albert Berla, the CEO of Pfizer, talks about pills that contain microchips. Berla says the FDA approved the first electronic pill. If I can... If I can call it, if I can call it that, it is basically a biological chip that is in that is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and it dissolves in your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance. The insurance companies would know that the medicines that patients should take, they do take. It is fascinating what happens in this field. Is this field truly fascinating or utterly dystopian? As Berla himself said, imagine the compliance. The kind of technology could easily open the door to all kinds of nefarious applications. Since then, COVID put Pfizer in a position of power never seen before for a pharmaceutical company. Like Pfizer, the WEF is also using COVID to further its agenda. Number seven praising massive lockdowns. In, 2000, in uh, 2020 and uh, 2021, cities around the world were subjected to massive and drastic lockdowns, causing job losses, suicides, drug overdoses, isolation, mental health issues, domestic abuse, bankruptcies, and homelessness. During this horrific period, children could not attend school for months and were essentially barred from interacting with other children. A slew of small and medium businesses were destroyed while large corporations strived. Despite all of this, the WEF could not hide its love for, of drastic, life-destroying lockdowns. In fact, it released a video surrealistically called Lockdowns Are Quietly Improving Cities Around the World. And um, they go ahead and link to the video that the WEF put out. The video states, lockdowns significantly reduced human activity, leading to Earth's quietest period in decades, while showing dystopian images of empty cities and planes stuck on the ground. Completely ignoring the immense human suffering caused by these lockdowns, WEF considered it was all worth it because carbon emissions went down 7% in 2020. When this thing was first posted, it garnered intense backlash. So the WEF deleted the video above and posted this tweet. And the tweet says, we're deleting this tweet. Lockdowns aren't quietly improving cities around the world, but they are an important part of public of the public health response to COVID-19. Talk about tone deaf. As you can see, despite deleting the video, the WEF kept praising lockdowns. That's because the WEF would love to see a Covidian life become perfect. Number six, take a peek at the future. Judging by the comments on YouTube and social media, people absolutely hate videos created by the WEF, but they keep coming because they don't care what you think. They just want to plant their seed of insanity in your mind. In a video titled How Our Lives Could Look Soon, the author links to another full article he wrote uh, specifically about this, the WEF invites viewers to take a peek of the future, a, a peek at the future, and it is bleak. It is all about making the COVID life permanent. The video is filled with masked people, Purell dispensers, and QR codes. That This is the future they want. Then there's this nugget of insanity. Uh, you could be identified by your heartbeat. Apparently that's a thing. 
The video proudly says, NASA has invented a, a system that can ID you from your heartbeat by using a laser. No thank you. As if this wasn't enough, the video shows children stuck at home and being schooled through screens. The video ends by showing people wearing masks outside. Like crazy people. <sighs> Number five. Pushing for a great reset. Now we're really getting to the meat of it. As stated above, the WEF perceives the pandemic as an opportunity. It is not only an opportunity to reshape our personal existence, but to restructure the entire world structure according to its principles. The WEF called it the Great Reset. I think we've heard that time or two recently. To promote this reset, the WEF released a propaganda video. Uh, here it is in all its full insanity. If you have not seen this video, I swear, if there's one video it's, you need to see, it's under 0.5. This is the whole you will own nothing and be happy bullshit. Um, when I posted an article about this video in 2021, the comments were not yet turned off, and I took a screenshot of the top ones. And people are like, this feels like the most overt propaganda I've ever seen. So many are calling for a great reset. No, the elite are calling for it. <laughs> this is terrifying. No one wants a reset or your version of a better world, etc. You got to go check out those comments. The short video manages to contain an incredibly amount of subversive messages. It even ridiculizes, uh, uh, ridiculizes, rid there's a typo here. They say ridiculizes, but it should be ridicules. Come on, News Wars. Come on. It even ridicules conspiracy theories while astoundingly confirming those theories. Uh, <laughs> the video also announced the death of capitalism. And they post another, I mean, they post surreal screenshots from this video. It's just like, this is the stuff Alex Jones used to be made fun of, yet these people are actually confirming that a lot of the things that he's been saying, a lot of this stuff is right. Well, capitalism is based on self-regulating is based on a self-regulating system of offer and demand. The Great Reset looks to redefine the way businesses are evaluated through their parameters. The main one: compliance with the elite's social and political agendas. Towards the end, the narrator utters this enigmatic sentence, and it's all about getting the right people in the right place at the right time. While the video doesn't quite explain what the sentence actually means in real-life situations, its implications are rather chilling. Instead of allowing successful individuals and businesses to grow organically, the elite's system would interfere and get the right people in the right place at the right time, in accordance with its agenda. In other words, the system would be rigged and compliance with a wider agenda would be mandatory in the new economy. The video ends with a call to viewers to get involved. However, of course, you're not actually invited to the WEF. In fact, they're actually looking to recalibrate your freedom of speech. Which brings us to point four, recalibrating freedom of speech. An easy way to identify world leaders who are groomed by the WEF is through their, is through their incessant railing against free speech. They absolutely hate it, and they're constantly calling for the Internet to be censored and highly regulated. At the 2022 Davos meeting, Australian eSafety Commissioner, that's not Orwellian at all, uh, Julie Iman Grant stated that we need to recalibrate free speech. Grant said, we're finding ourselves in a place where we have an increasingly polar, uh, where we have a, where we have increasing polarization everywhere and everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think 
we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online. You know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to be free from online violence, etc., etc. Here, Grant essentially calls for censorship. She even believes the freedom of speech as a human right should be recalibrated using online violence as an excuse. There's no such thing as online violence, though. They love to equate speech to violence. It is an extremely manipulative way of justifying China-style censorship. Free speech is, in fact, binary. Either it exists or it doesn't. Or, or it doesn't. Or it doesn't. I should, make, I should make up words. We're going to have a Remzo dictionary one day. And they clearly don't want it to exist. Freedom of speech and the Remzo dictionary. <laughs> Number three, tracking your clothes. As if the heartbeat thing wasn't weird enough. The WEF wants to control your clothes, and they've made a video about it. Did I mention that people absolutely hate WEF videos? Here's another one that got people's blood boiling. Using the environment as an excuse, as usual, the WEF announced the coming of clothing laced with digital passports that, be that can be traced at all times. Backed by Microsoft, of course, these garments will apparently flood the market by 2025. According to the WEF, these chips will not allow fashion brands to resell their clothes. I have no idea how that would work. Uh, the video... Oop, I have my music coming up. Yeah. Sorry, I had to pause that there for a second. There we go. See, folks? I don't really get it. I'm not a real professional. Why do you listen? I'm reading Alex Jones stuff from NewsWars.com. What do I know? Nobody knows. Why do you listen to me in the insanity? And you stay for my horrible singing. Okay, number two, smartphones will be in your body by 2030. At the 2022 Davos meeting, Nokia CEO... Sometimes I forget that Nokia exists. Uh, Nokia CEO uh, Pekka Ludmark claimed that by 2030, smartphones will be, impl will be implanted directly into the body. This would coincide with the coming of 6G technology, which is expected to be launched by the end of the next decade. For years, the site has been documenting the elite's incessant push for transhumanism, which is the merging of humans and machines. They're looking to accelerate this transition by making things people cannot live without, such as smartphones, available in transhumanist form. Are you noticing their creepy eagerness to insert things inside our bodies? And then number one... The thing that should offend any free-thinking person, you will own nothing and you will be happy. It is perhaps the most dystopian moment in WEF history. In 2016, Ida Alken, a member of the Parliament of Denmark, said, Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and life has never been better. That is bone-chilling shit right there. The WEF also created a video that everyone also absolutely hated titled Eight Predictions for the World in 2030. An article on the WEF's website explains, I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or any clothes, writes Danish MP Ida Aachen. Shopping is a distant memory in the city of 2030 whose inhabitants have cracked clean energy and borrow what they need on demand. It sounds utopian until she mentions that her every move is tracked and outside the city uh, live swaths of disconnects, the ultimate vision of a society split in two. Well, if you thought deplorable was wrong and anti-vax was wrong and anti-lockdown and, uh, you know, domestic terrorist, now, now you'll be called a disconnect. 
Kind of reminds me of that Bruce Willis movie, Surrogates. I thought that was a dumb movie when it came out. Now I look back at it and I'm like, shit, they were onto something. In this dystopian future, there are no products you can own, only services that are rented and delivered using drones. The system would make all humans comply dependent on WEF control corporations for every single basic need. There would be absolutely no autonomy, no freedom, and no privacy. And you'll be happy. And they've got a few honorable mentions there. I'll go ahead and include this, uh, this whole article in the show note. But please, the author quoted everything. Everything he brought up was a literal fact. Ev- evidence was provided. This is what they think of you. This is stuff that would have broken any, any major news headline, but it didn't. Why is that I had to go here to find it? As you start to see what they're saying about the economy, as you start to see what they're saying about what you should do with your money, don't listen to what they tell you. Watch what they do. Don't listen to people living in fear. Listen to those who are actually doing something. This is a, this is a scary time to be alive, but we don't have any other choice other than, than to live free and try our damn hardest. Don't really know how else to end, so I'll end it here. Thank you once again. Please, if you haven't already, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts at your Google Play wherever you're listening to the show across Al Gore's amazing internet. I'll talk to you later. Good night.